I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is a case of a man who is all alone. Without a child or a brother yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asked himself, why and who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Hear the word of the Lord. 20th century novelist Thomas Wolfe wrote that the central and inevitable fact of human existence is loneliness going to happen whether we're introverts or extroverts whether we're married or single standing on the stage or sitting in the cheap seats preaching sermons or texting our friends we all share in the struggle to connect and we're not doing such a great job according to the bible we experience loneliness not because there's something wrong with us please understand we are experiencing loneliness because of something right with us we experience loneliness because we know down deep, down deep in the recesses of our soul, if we're willing to go there, we were made for connection. God has put this into us. We get that. We were made for more intimacy and more love and more connection than we are experiencing right now if we will be brutally honest and as I begin this message it's going to be a little bit heavy but I don't want you for a moment to think this is a great message for someone that should have been here or the person next to me open your own heart to the Holy Spirit this morning and let him speak into the depths of the loneliness that every one of us feel okay Being made in the image of God, we are like God. And God is one in three. One in three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is one of the great mysteries about God. It's called the Trinity. I can't really understand. I can't get my head around it. But the Bible says it, so I believe it. God is an eternal, intimate community all by Himself. He doesn't need us for connection or community. So if we who are made in his image are islands unto ourselves, if we are, have only surface relationships, if we push others away to a safe distance, we will fail to thrive because that's the way that God designed each of us. We cannot be vitally connected to God while remaining disconnected relationally from each other. It's not possible according to Scripture. 
He's made us for community, not isolation. He's made us for interdependence, not independence. He's made us for relational warmth and closeness, not coldness and distance. Yet we are lonely, lonely people. Loneliness. It's an ever-growing problem in our high-tech, low-touch world. And because of the shift in family relationships, researchers are warning that loneliness is becoming a greater public health threat than the much and widely discussed problem of obesity. I want you to get your head around that just for a moment. In a study released at the 125th Annual Convention of the American Psychological Association, it is now on the table that loneliness is becoming a greater public health hazard than obesity. We talk all the time about obesity. How much do we talk about loneliness? Huh. Chuck Swindoll mentioned an ad from a Kansas newspaper. It read, I will listen to you talk for 30 minutes without comment for five bucks. Did anybody call? Yeah, you bet. It wasn't long before this individual was receiving 10 to 20 calls a day. You see, the pain of loneliness that just creeps on us was so sharp that some were willing to try anything to pay for 30 minutes of companionship. Just listen to me. Can you relate? Have you been lonely lately? Why? Why are we so lonely in this high-connect world? What's going on here? Some here this morning are lonely because we are separated from God. That's a difficult position to be in. Sin has a way of doing that. Here's what Isaiah wrote. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. It's not His choice. It's our choice that we've disconnected. And we're letting this, which we know is disobedience to God, keep us from his fullness. And so he turns a deaf ear to us. That's a terrible position to be in. It's terribly lonely. Others of us here are lonely because we've been separated from others by death or divorce or family deterioration or some circumstance. Perhaps they or you have moved away emotionally or physically or relationally or spiritually and you feel this distance and this disconnect. Maybe we just woke up one day and it dawned on us. We are so very busy, but we are so very much alone. The times in which we live. I'm just trying to share with you from my heart the truth as I see it. The newspaper, like life, has different sections. Anybody remember what a newspaper is anymore? Yeah. <laughs> it's got different sections. You got the front page, you got the sports page, you got the comics, you got the fashion page, and so on. There is one page that calls us back to reality, it calls us back to our future. It's called the obituary page. Here we read a paragraph that sums up an entire life, and all of us are going to make that page one day. All of us will. Judy Bucknell did, wrote Pastor Max Locato. She was attractive, young, successful, and dead. Homicide number 106 in Miami, Florida that year. She was killed on a steamy June evening. Age 38, weight 109 pounds, stabbed seven times, strangled. She kept a diary, which became then a very public, painful summary of a very, very lonely life. A reporter 
made this comment. In her diaries, Judy is struggling and weary. She has failed to connect. Many lovers, much love offered, none returned. You see, her struggles weren't all that unusual. Her struggles were not all that unusual. She was worried about getting old, about getting fat, about getting married, about getting pregnant, about just getting by. How am I going to live this thing out? Successful at a secretary, she was obviously quite a loser at love. Her diary is filled with entries like this one. Where are the men with the flowers and champagne and music? Where are the men who call and ask for a genuine actual date? Where are the men who like to share more than my bed, my booze, my food? I would like to have once before I pass through my life a loving relationship. That is a lonely lonely cry but understand Judy Bucknell was not a prostitute she was not on drugs she was not on welfare she never went to jail she was not a social outcast she was respectable she jogged she wore the latest fashion she had an apartment where you lived if you are lonely but you act happy in Miami she said I see people together I'm so jealous I want to throw up what about me what about me Though surrounded by people, she was on an island. Though she had many acquaintances, she had very few friends. Though she had many lovers, 59 in 56 months, according to her diary. She found little love and less escape from her loneliness, no matter where she turned. Who is going to love Judy Bucknell, her diary continues. I feel so old, so unloved. I feel so old at 38. And there's people in this room right now that are going to identify with that statement. I feel so old, so unloved, so unwanted, so abandoned, so used up. I want to cry and sleep forever. A clear message comes from her painful writings. Though her body died on that June night from wounds of a knife, her heart had died a long time before that from loneliness. I'm alone, she wrote, and I want to share something with somebody. Loneliness, it's a cry, it's a moan, it's a wail, it's a groan coming from the far corners of every one of our souls. Can you hear it? Can you hear the cry of loneliness? It's the abandoned child, the divorcee, the empty mailbox, the empty inbox. It's the long days, the longer nights, it's the one night stand. It's a forgotten birthday, it's a silent phone. It's just not blowing up like it used to. Where am I? And cries of loneliness, listen again. If we can tune out the traffic just for a moment, if we can turn down our surround sound just for an instant, the cry is here. Churches are filled with Judy Bucknells. It breaks my heart. Sheboygan is filled with Judy Bucknells. We can hear their cries if we listen closely. We can hear them in a nursing home along with the sighs and the shuffling feet. We can hear them in the jails with the sobs of shame and cries for mercy and the vulgar language. We can hear them as we walk through the neighborhoods of Sheboygan and Sheboygan Falls and Oostburg in our area. Listen for it in the halls of our high schools. It resonates where peer pressure separates the haves from the have-nots. And a kid would grab a gun and kill at random. Can you hear the cry of loneliness? Our father does. You see, from the top to the bottom, from the failures to the famous, from the rich to the poor, from the married to the single, don't give me that. I don't care how long you've been married. The cry of loneliness is everywhere. Judy Bucknell was not alone in her loneliness. Now, let me say here that there's a huge difference between solitude and loneliness. Solitude. What's the difference? Solitude is refreshing. It started and stopped at will. We can control solitude. 
Loneliness is painful. It clings to us despite our best efforts to get rid of it. It's just there. And Christian counselors tell us that loneliness hits everyone from time to time. And again, I want to drill down on that statement. This message isn't for somebody else. It's for you and it's for me. Loneliness impacts every one of us for some longer periods of time, for some shorter, but it's there. Every person in this room, if we're honest for a moment. For the fortunate, it's, it's just fleeting. For others, loneliness is more like a lifetime sentence. Have you ever felt alone, all alone, even in a crowd? Have you ever felt alone, even in a crowd? Have you ever felt alone in church, in this church? You're not alone in your loneliness. Lonely people often feel left out, unwanted, rejected, even when they're surrounded by people who care for them. It's an amazing kind of thing. Right now, right here in this room, are lonely people. For some, loneliness is a way of life. Sleepless nights, lonely bed, the distrust, the fear of tomorrow, the unending hurt. Let me ask, let me ask, when did it begin for you? When did you first notice it? Was it in childhood, at the divorce, at the retirement, at the cemetery, when the kids left home? When was it? When is it? Maybe we like Judy Bucknell, we've got everyone fooled. No one knows that we're lonely. Because as Michael so well said, as soon as we hit those doors, something happens. Our smile is quick. Our job is stable, our clothes are sharp, our waist... Well, it's kind of thin. Our calendar's full. Our talk is cool. Our life is seemingly together. <laughs> but we can find a lonely person simply by looking in the mirror and the image staring back at us. We know in the depths of our heart, I'm hurting. And I got all this going on in my life, and I'm still lonely. Am I striking a chord with you? If I am, if you've nodded or sighed in your soul and understanding, I have an important message. Loneliness was not and is not a part of God's plan. It was God himself who said, it's not good for man to be. It's not good. And yet we are. So what do we do? What do we do? This ultimately is a spiritual battle. Loneliness is a spiritual battle. We find loneliness as a topic running throughout Scripture from beginning to end. And I love Scripture because it's so raw, it's so honest, it's so real. People like you and me have experienced hurt and pain and separation. Paul the Apostle, here's what he wrote just before his execution. In my first defense, no one, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. David also knew all about loneliness. Here's what he said. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. This one who has such an intimate relationship with God, crying out, I am lonely and I'm afflicted. Remember what Solomon said. Someone alone is in real trouble. And if the truth is we are all experiencing some degree of loneliness, we're in real trouble. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? What do we do with it? What do Jesus followers do with anything that happens in life? 
We look to the master. We look to Jesus. You see, the most gut-wrenching cry of loneliness in history came not from a prisoner. It didn't come from a widow. It didn't come from a terminal patient on the ward. It came from a hill. It came from a cross. It came from a savior. My God! My God! He screamed. Why did you abandon me now? Scriptures declare. This is the first and only time in all eternity that Jesus was separated from his Father. The first time from eternity past, Jesus is separated from his Father. Here is the only recorded time Jesus did not address God as his Father. This is the only time recorded in Scripture he did not address God as his Father. My God! My God, he cried on the cross. Never have such word carried so much hurt. Never has one human being been so lonely, all alone. There on Skull's Hill, the bear of our loneliness is alone. Every lie ever told, every object ever coveted, every promise ever broken, every lustful thought ever made, it's crushing down on his shoulders. It's crushing his soul. He becomes sin for you and for me. God the Father turns his face away. The despair of his soul is darker than the black sky over his head, and he cries out. The two who have been one are now two for the first time. Jesus, the Son, who had been with the Father from eternity, is now all alone on the cross. It's more than Jesus could take. He withstood the beatings. He watched in silence as those who loved him ran away from him and deserted him. He didn't retaliate when insults were hurled at him while he was on the cross. Yet, he screams out now, My God! My God! It was more than he could handle. The wail rises from his parched lips as he's about to die. The holy heart is now broken. He has become the sin offering. The sin bearer screams as he wanders in the eternal wasteland, bearing upon himself your sin and my sin. All alone. My God. My God. Why did you abandon me? Where are you, God? Out of the silent sky comes those words that we all scream in the depths of our soul. Why? Why did you abandon me when I needed you the most? Why, God? I can't understand it. Why? Why did Jesus do it? Why did Jesus? I know, I know, I know all the official answers. I know all the theological answers. He had to satisfy the law. He had to fulfill prophecy. I get all that. I get all that with my head. And these answers are right, but there's something more, something more compassionate, something more intimate, something more personal for you and for me in this moment. What is it? I feel abandoned. She wrote in her diary, who's going to love Judy Bucknell? It is the cry of loneliness. Why did you abandon me? Where are you? I think of the parents of the dead child or the friend at the hospital bedside or the elderly in the nursing home or the widow or the cancer ward or the one who has just lost it. Life and it hurts. The heart that broke, the dream that died, the relationship that failed, the career that crumbled. You put whatever you want in that slot and it's life and it's happening. 
And it creates this incredible feeling of loneliness inside of our hearts. And I think of all the people who have cast hopeless eyes toward heaven. And they're crying out, Why? 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 (laughs) And I can imagine him, his head turned, listening carefully. Imagine him raising hand to his eye and brushing away his tear as he hears that cry from your heart and mine. And although he may offer no answer, hear me carefully, he may offer no answer. Although he may solve no dilemma, he who was once all alone understands exactly what you're feeling right now. And because of that, he can enter into that place of loneliness that nothing else will satisfy. You see, the person who is alone is in real trouble. A plaque read, people are lonely because they build walls instead of bridges. And that cry of loneliness from Jesus' dying lips built a bridge between us and God. That's what he did in that incredible moment. He's crossed over and stands waiting for you and me with open arms. He was lonely so that we would never have to be lonely again. So why are we so lonely when Jesus waits with open arms? And gives us the invitation. Come, lonely heart. I understand. And do you feel the embrace of the nail-scarred hands? And the one who truly does understand. The only one who can possibly understand what we're experiencing right now is right here and ready to receive us in our loneliness. That is, if we would be honest enough This morning I'm going to ask us to respond. This message has been pressing down on my soul for months. And as we were worshiping, my eyes welled with tears because I sense the loneliness in this room. And it's real and it's tangible. And it hurts. And it doesn't have to be this way. And I ask all of us, me, lonely people, come to the one 
who could do something about it. So I ask that you listen to the words of this next song. And you may want to simply bow your head. And then I'm going to ask you to respond. Let's pray together, church. Father, thank you. I just want to say thank you for understanding my loneliness in those painful, painful moments of seeing the ravages of sin and death and broken hearts and broken relationships. I can't imagine what it's done to you, but I look to the cross and I see you bearing for us, each of us, all of our pain and sorrow, all of our loneliness. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us that much, for caring for us that much. That in spite of the pain, that you were bearing you were taking upon yourself my loneliness and my disobedience and in its place offering intimacy with the living God and forgiveness and freedom oh God would you have your way have your way in these moments, I ask in Jesus' name.